All right, it's Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Now, someone pointed this out. Tonight is the uh, Ditton Geyer Allen game, too, that's getting televised on ESPN2. So you'll get a chance to see Jackson Arnold and OU 2024 target Michael Hawkins. That'll be fun tonight. And I everything I've seen about Jackson Arnold has been impressive. Go ahead. I believe our man Parker Thune will be in attendance to uh, cover that one. So we, we need to get with him, and, you know, get some audio and stuff that he can play or send over for some cuts for, I don't know, next week and stuff. And I'm sure people will want to hear from, well, one guy that we know, uh, unless things change, is going to be a future Sooner and some others that we hope are future Sooners. Everything uh, that – I have heard is that Jackson is about as solid as you can be to Oklahoma. So that's that's rewarding. Boy, people are losing their mind about Colton Bassick, aren't they? Every time you do, I just I would say still committed. And imagine Eddie Lehman, after spending four years in Washington High School, is committed right, Teddy? Is committed to go to Texas. You know, it'd be kind of weird. Now, obviously, Colton's dad not as successful as, as, as Teddy or, you know, any other analogy. I think we used Tommy Harris yesterday or G.K. McCoy. I mean, this is a guy who, now, granted, wasn't a rock star. His dad wasn't, but good football player. And they're, it's a legacy. So it, it's probably going to get dicey, and they're going to have – and I, I heard Josh McQuistian mention this. Um, it, it, the, the whole buzz was that it was down to Oklahoma or Oregon and that Texas wasn't even really in the mix. And, you know, now all of a sudden there's, you know, buzz about hey, a renewed interest from Texas. I think that's, I think that's going to be the, the, the case. They're not going to tap out on him. He's a legacy. So I understand. I'll leave that to those that are much more ardent into recruiting than I am. But I think that would be expected whenever you're talking about a when you're talking about a legacy at a, at a university at a program like like Texas, right? I mean, his dad Brian was, you know, he lettered all four years, was a defensive end guy. I think he's a high school coach now. So you, it's not going to stop. And if he ends up still choosing Oklahoma, that's awesome. If he doesn't, I think Oklahoma will have some dudes, including that linebacker that was in this week, and holy smokes, man, that kid's impressive, that I think will be more than uh, to ready to fill that void. But I wouldn't panic too terribly much yet. In time, Josh, maybe when it comes to Colton Vasek, but you're going to have that full-court press put on by Texas and the Texas media to write the articles of, boy, Arch Manning, man, he's really pressing, and there's a lot of love for him. It's just it's not going to stop. So just prepare yourself for it. Winning helps a lot, but I think Oklahoma could win the next – how many games we got left in the season? Five? And they could finish nine and three, and I think that there would still be buzz about Vasek to Texas, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, just because of the legacy yeah. factor. And really, I mean, I'm not ever going to knock a kid for, you know, going and checking a place out and visiting, especially not when you live there. Right. I mean, it just sure. makes sense that you would want to go take in a college football game. But 
let's call it what it is. Colton Vosick, just by attending a couple of Texas games, has kind of opened that door for speculation. Sure. Right? I mean, if he hadn't sure. gone to a couple of Texas games, then this wouldn't have played out the way that it's played out, and people wouldn't be nervous the way that they're nervous right now. So, But when you take those visits in – whether it's official or unofficial, it's going well, to lead to some are, are they visits or is are they visits or is he going to a game? I think he's just going to the game, but again, that's not how it's going to be perceived. Why? I mean, his family is he supposed to stay home instead of go to the game because he's committed? I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not trying to be a jerk about it, but just it's like, oh, man, he went to a game. I'm like, well, his whole, his whole family went to the game. Is he supposed to say, no, stay at home, people? Yes. I'm going to sit here by myself. Like, <laughs> Yes, he absolutely should. He should say, I hate Texas. I refuse to go to that stadium unless, uh, for some reason, OU and Texas changed the series. The Big 12 uh, Today Show every Wednesday has a segment called Tearing the Big 12, T-I-E. R-I-N-G. Every single Thursday here on the Plank Show, uh, I pose it to Josh, and we parse through it, we pick through it, we decide who he's buying, who he's selling, who he believes in. So as we're hanging out at Cavens Construction, CavensGroup.com, on a Thursday, are you are you ready? Are you ready to go through the tearing of it? I'm ready. Giddy up. Here we go. Now, qu- question. Have you seen the tweet? that lays out what this week's tiering looks like from Robbie and Gabe and myself on the, the XM show. No, but if I search Robbie okay, Triano, good. will I find it quickly? I, at the Triano kid, I'm going to give it to you real quick. <laughs> um, there were four teams in the top tier, number one. There were zero teams in tier two, the French title teams. There were... Five teams in Tier 3, the teams of chaos. There were no teams in Tier 4, not quite there. And there was one team in the bottom of the league, Tier 5. So here's another thing. We kind of got into a little bit of a debate, and this is our show, Josh, so we can do whatever we want. Maybe saying team of chaos is not necessarily the best way to put it. Maybe... Because just about every team in this league is a team of chaos. I mean, Iowa State, all of its losses are by what? One point? Or not one point, excuse me, by one score? So technically in that world, you know, Iowa State is winless, so they have to go in the bottom of the league. But that is that is absolutely, you know, the definition of a team of chaos, right? Or a team of not quite there. Not not quite receiving the touchdown late in the game, Xavier Hutchinson. They have to be bottom of the league. They are for me. They're in Tier 5 because they're the only winless team in the league, right? I mean, Iowa State right, right. now, they're in the cellar. And so by virtue of that, I think that uh, obviously they, they are in Tier 5. But having said that, Iowa State's kind of shown already that they're fully capable of beating some good teams sure. in this league. They haven't done that yet, but they – you know, finish one point. Uh, the losers to Kansas State at home. Obviously, they definitely could have beaten Texas this past week. So it's a tier five team that you know looks like a tier five team in record, but in the way these games are playing out, doesn't look like that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, with that in mind, Josh Helmer, 
your choice. Would you rather go through this from a team perspective or a tier perspective? Let's Would go. you rather look at tier tier one um, or and tier two, tier three, or would you rather go team by team? Let's go tier five to the top. Okay. TCU, Kansas State automatically start there, right? So Or no. In the first tier for me, I've got I've got uh, TCU alone by itself. TCU alone by itself up top. Remember a week ago we had I had Oklahoma State alone by itself. TCU, of course, rallies beats Oklahoma State. They've got the nice win that uh, everybody should be looking at in terms of a Big 12 championship contender. Tier 1, top of the league, unbeaten TCU. Sure, you can make the argument for Kansas State because of the uh, unbeaten record that they've got in league play, but guess what? You know what? If we reconvene next week, Kansas State's going to be in the top of the league if they beat TCU this week. They're not there right now. I've got TCU alone in Tier 1. I think the unwillingness for people to look at TCU or Kansas State and just put them in that top tier and say Texas needs to be there and and cuz we fight about this a lot on a on our show I think it's part and parcel is that still a thing you can say Sure I think it's related to just the the logo and like a Texas logo or an Oklahoma State logo and what it's meant in the Big 12 the last few years So anyway I I would tend to agree with you Right, TCU is up there at number one. Does that mean then you put K-State on the fringe, or do you put them at one, being that they're undefeated in conference, right up there with TCU? No, I've got Kansas State along with Oklahoma State and Texas as my Tier 2 fringe Big 12 title teams. And ultimately, you know, I I think there's almost an argument to be made that there's no Tier 1 team. This week, instead of having the way that, uh, you know, this Big 12 today tier has it look with Texas, TCU, Mm -hmm. Oklahoma State and Kansas State all in tier one. Really, I mean, let's call it what it is. We're deciding who's in tier one this weekend, right? With TCU and Kansas State playing each other and Oklahoma State and Texas playing each other. So I think by the time we reconvene next week, there's going to be two teams in tier one and there's going to be a couple of teams in tier two. Right now, though, I've got TCU alone by itself in tier one. I've got Oklahoma State, Kansas State and Texas right there, tier two fringe Big 12 title teams. So in other words, whoever wins that matchup between OSU and Texas and whoever wins that matchup between TCU and Kansas State next week, that's number one. Those The two winners of that are number one. I think you have to right? look at it that way. I agree. I agree. Then, you know, I, I feel like kind of part of this battle is just defining what these tiers mean to you. Some might say, well, tier one, that, that doesn't matter because – you know, X hasn't played Y yet. Well, okay, we'll put them all up there then, and you can feel better when they play each other this week. Then, boom, you'll have your true two contenders right now because you're going to put, even though Kansas has a couple conference losses, what Tech has just one. No, they've got two conference losses so far. Um, you're putting a team pretty much in the driver's seat this weekend for the Big 12 championship game, right? I mean, there's going to be two – there's going to be an undefeated team at 4-0, and there's going to be either a 4-1 or 3-1 team that's coming off a pretty big win 
in the Texas OSU game. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say that completely eliminates the loser of TCU or Kansas State from potentially being in the championship game because it does not, but it does define, okay, here's the top of your league as we would sit here after, what, week eight in the Big 12, right? It would clearly define it with the two teams that win this weekend. Yeah, and especially if they if they yeah, if they go out and win convincingly, then all of sure. a sudden it's okay, yeah, these are the two best teams pretty clearly. And yet then you got Kansas State who what is going to turn around and play Oklahoma State and Texas the two weeks following that. So it's kind of like Kansas State we're going to find out uh, real, like even if they beat TCU this week, boy you turn around and they'll be at the top of the league next week, but then then you got to prove it again. Then you got to prove it again. But no, I I do think, yes, that's where we're at this week with those games uh, between TCU and Kansas state and obviously Oklahoma state and Texas. How about tier three, our feisty teams of chaos. So what are you thinking? Tier two was the tier that in the big 12 today, tiering had no teams, right? Right. If I were to do that, which I'm not going to do that, Tier 3 would be the, I don't know that I have anybody in Tier 3 tier for the Big 12 right now. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I'm listening. I think there's, you know, much more a defined Tier 4 with really almost everybody not named Iowa State in the Big 12 that's not quite there. If I had to right now today – you force me into, hey, put a couple of teams that are quote-unquote teams of chaos. I would say West Virginia, Baylor, and Oklahoma for me are tier three feisty teams of chaos, and I'm probably still hanging on a little bit too much with Baylor on what I thought maybe they would be ahead of the season. And then Kansas, man, I'm dropping them to Tier 4. They're trending down for me. I like what Jason Bean's doing at quarterback, but, man, defensively they got a lot of problems. They've got a lot of problems, and uh, you have to be on some level, even with what we've seen from Bean, a little bit concerned about what their prognosis looks like going forward, minus Jalen Daniels, Texas Tech. Similar story for them. Uh, they're Tier 4 for me. So, But there's not a lot of difference, right? there between tier three and tier four so initially i thought you were leaving tier three blank but you're saying there's like this area between tier three and tier four where you would pretty much have about five teams right now yeah, right i think so. where you're not <laughs> i think you're right honestly i kind of think there's there's really only you know two tiers to this league i think there's four teams that are battling for a championship and I think there are six teams right now that, you know, with a break or two could end up, you know, right there. And, you know, it's just that's kind of league. It's, it's oh, TCU and Kansas State are undefeated in the league. OSU and Texas knocking on the door, whoever wins this weekend. Then kind of everyone else is, is battling for bowl eligibility and, and making sure that they're playing their best football in a potential team of chaos, right? Almost feel like you have just two tiers right now. But you do – I mean, there is something to be said about Iowa State, Josh. I mean, they they do have to be punished for not winning a game. Despite how close they are, they still haven't found a way to win. I think that's absolutely correct. And I would agree with you. I think there is a clear separation right now. Texas, right, with, with Quinn Ewers back in the fold. Uh, you know, we have somebody that 
texted and asked, hey, you know, why is Texas getting this pass for that Texas Tech loss? Well, some of it is, you know, the quarterback not being available in that game for Texas. But Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, K-State feels like that's a clear separation between everybody else. And ultimately, yes, to some degree, Iowa State has to get punished because they're the only team in the league right now that hasn't beaten anybody Mm -hmm. in the league. But I'm with you. Yeah, it probably is as simple as there's those four that are legitimate Big 12 title contenders, and then there's the other six that can beat anybody in the league. Sure. Yeah, I I like that question from the 405. Why are we giving Texas a pass for the Texas Tech loss, and they were only one play away from a loss at Iowa State? It's a great question. Um, You know, in a a lot of ways, I'll tell you why they're getting a pass, because that was pre-Quinn Ewers. And, you know, I I personally wasn't in – jaw-dropped awe of Quinn Ewers whenever I saw him against Oklahoma, nor was he overly impressive. It's just you get this sense that the offense's ceiling is a little bit higher whenever it comes to the uh, play of Quinn Ewers when he's out there. So if you wonder why they're getting a pass for that Texas Tech game, Josh, I think that's it. And And listen, they're not getting an overall pass. It's not like the loss has been taken off the board for him, but if you were to ask, hey, why why isn't there more talk about it? I think that's why. Because it was before it was when Hudson Card, and even though he's played well and not Quinn Ewers. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, obviously we know what the skill talent looks like at Texas. And uh I mean they they look like a clearly improved football team. But you know what? We're gonna reconvene and do this again next week. And if Texas goes out and you know, as a favorite, does not play well in Stillwater, then guess what? We're probably not going to be saying a bunch of nice things about Texas next week. I mean, this week's going to define it for them. That's right. This is that week where we find out what's what truly they are. And if it's same old Texas, then they go on the road and they get beat by Oklahoma State. If this year is different and Sark's foundation is kind of resonating and cementing, then they go on the road and they take care of Texas, or, which would be something. They go on the road and take care of Oklahoma State. All right, there it is. That's Josh's spin, and I like it. I agree with it quite a bit. TCU alone in the top tier. Three teams in Tier 2, right in Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Texas, fringe contenders. What, did you decide on West Virginia, OU, and Baylor in that Tier 3? Yeah, I've got those three in, in, in Tier 3. Okay. And KU Tech in Tier 4, and then... Iowa State alone in Tier 5? That's right. Hmm. All right, let's uh, let's see what you guys think. 405-651-3439. That's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. 405-329-9000. Riverwind Casino jackpot line. Get in here on a Thursday. We're on the road at Cavens Construction. Cavensgroup.com. And this is the home of Sooner fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Uh, here's a couple quick uh, Air Comfort Solutions text, 405-651-3439 before we, before we get to the phones. Here is from the 405. I could – all right, let me rephrase that. It could easily be the TCU, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and Texas could all have one or two more losses after the next three weeks – there could be a two- or three-loss team in the Big 12 championship game. I absolutely think one of the teams in the Big 12 championship game is going to have two losses. I absolutely believe that. 
Uh, now to the three loss, that's that'd be something. I mean, I guess possible, right? You're kind of rooting for the chaos theory. That's uh, I've had a couple of friends who, as diehard Sooner fans, have already shot me kind of ways in which they believe Oklahoma could be that three-loss team that ends up in the Big 12 championship game. But, you know, essentially for that, I don't even want to entertain it, but you kind of need just one team to run the table like TCU is doing, right? Uh, and then or maybe like Kansas State is doing. You know, you start getting into, you know, more than one or two three-loss teams, and you're – I don't I don't even want to entertain it, but I – trust me, Josh – I've heard it quite a bit. That's for certain. It would have to start this week, right, and into next week. Right. Kansas State, yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I don't even know what the situation uh, would look yeah, like. Don't, 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 don't do that to yourself. <laughs> don't even try. Drive yourself crazy. And then one more. This is from the 918. I've got TCU and Kansas State in Tier 1, Texas and Oklahoma State in Tier 2, Baylor Tech in Tier 3, OU and Kansas in Tier 4, and West Virginia, Iowa State in Tier 5. I'm really struggling with Baylor. I'll tell you, that's that's the team that I'm struggling with a little bit more than anyone. Like, what are they? You know, I, I constantly had everyone cramming down my throat, telling me how incredible Baylor was going to be because of the interior of their defensive and offensive line. And, I mean, they couldn't stop anyone in Morgantown last week. And, you know, they Blake Shapin goes out, so it's a little bit unfair. But he's finally starting to he's finally starting to, to kind of look to part. We'll see what his availability is like for this weekend. But, you know, I've, I've had a really hard time with Baylor this year, Josh, kind of trying to figure out what they are. How could you figure out if Baylor's good or bad? I mean, are they that team that is a legitimate contender in this league? Can they get to that point, even if they're not truly contending to where we we think, okay, this is the Baylor that was billed preseason? Or are they kind of the team that gave up 40-plus on the road uh, in Morgantown? I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's an interesting question. And the more I think about it and look at these tiers, I just – I can't have, man, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma in that Tier 3. It's All of those teams are the same right now. They're all Tier 4, mm-hmm. and it's kind of everybody's not quite there that's not named Iowa State. And at some point it's about, hey, can Oklahoma, for their part, can they then turn around and beat Iowa State, right, beat Baylor and separate from those teams to get into that, that third tier, which is right now we think, right, as high as Oklahoma's – going to be able to get back to this season, right? I mean, can can Oklahoma get back to a Tier 2 where you're a fringe Big 12 title team? It would take winning out, maybe? Take winning out, and I don't think it would be put there until after they beat Oklahoma State. And that's the next to last game of the season. So, yeah, it's, it's going to take some work to get there. But they could, right? I, I think the Big 12 is loaded with teams that when you look at their schedule, they could – and, and Oklahoma is the best example of this, right – they could win every game on their schedule that's left. They could lose every game on their schedule that's left. I mean, look at Kansas. Last week, nine-and-a-half-point dog is a one-loss team in the Big 12 coming into a three-loss Oklahoma, and they covered the number. Well, depending on where you got it, they covered the number. Um, they're, they're almost a 10-point underdog to a Baylor team that just lost on the road this past week, too. 
So it's it's kind of tough to figure out. You know, TCU's undefeated, but are we just sitting here pounding the table for TCU to get a look from the playoff committee? Not quite yet, right? Well, so at some it, point, it's a Plank, weird league this year. At some point, Plank with TCU, you know, and it's it's really kind of got to be this weekend, right? Or, or at Texas in several weeks if they just keep right. winning and staying unbeaten. You have to look the part of a college football playoff team. I, I will be the first one to sit here and tell you that absolutely TCU's in the legitimate mix for a college football playoff berth because guess what? They're undefeated, and they're tied with Kansas State leading the Big 12, and if they beat Kansas State this weekend, guess what? They'll be all alone in the win-loss column atop the Big 12. They'll be the only undefeated team in the Big 12. But they're not in the same stratosphere as Georgia or as Ohio State. I don't think they're in the same category as Clemson out of the ACC. I don't view TCU the same way that I view those teams. you got to look that way. For me, and TCU in a win versus Oklahoma State did not resemble that for me. I mean, they get credit for being unbeaten and, you know, congratulations for winning in a couple of overtimes versus Oklahoma State, but that's probably a game they should have lost to Oklahoma State. So at some point, you have to just, you have to resemble what some of those other teams have looked like. Agreed. Agreed. All right, we're on. We're on the road on a Thursday. We're at Cavens Construction, CavensGroup.com. Gary's going to join us in our three. In fact, Josh, Josh's big brother, Joey, Joey Helmer from OUinsider.com coming up at 11 a.m. But listen, let's let's get a call in here from True Sooner who's checked in, has been patient on the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. What's going on, True? How are you? Josh and I were just we were just talking about our our, our favorite player, Poku, and how well he did last night, how he should be in closing time. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Poku was uh, uh, he he was he was definitely putting up some shots last night. He was definitely oh putting gosh. up some shots. So okay, I got a question for you about softball. I know that's not the subject this morning, but I've been watching all these battle series and I've been down there to a couple of them and all that kind of stuff. Do you, and you guys are on a tier. Uh, you guys are talking about tiers a lot this last couple of weeks, and I was listening to a different show with with Patty on it, and. Uh, the person that was doing the interviewing and stuff talked about Oklahoma basically separating themselves from the pack. And I'm I'm paraphrasing, but do you feel like they've come back to the national pack? Or or do you feel like, because what I'm seeing, and I know we haven't seen them play, or we haven't seen UCLA, and Mm -hmm. we haven't seen Arizona State, all these teams play, but don't you still feel like they're like the dominant I mean, I just don't see how they 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 wouldn't be the overwhelming only one on tier one for softball going into this year. Correct, they're on a tier all by themselves right? right now. That's why. Yeah, I thought, and that's why that. everyone's yeah everyone's grinching and moaning nationally about recruiting. You have coaches uh, at other universities that are out recruiting and literally making up stories about. NIL deals and how that's how oh, yeah. Haley Lee got here. I mean, it's when when you when you're rattled that badly uh, by when you've rattled the rest of the country that badly, and you've listen, you don't replace Jocelyn Allo, but when that production you bring in, you know, an All SEC performer, you bring in um, what's Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, you bring in uh, an All Pac-12 performer, and you bring in one of the top power hitting freshmen, Jocelyn Erickson, who hit a home run last night. They're not slowing down. So I know that Coach would hate me saying this, but they're on a level by themselves. And honestly, true, 
I don't even know if it's close right now. I don't even know, you know, the the closest team to them heading into this year. I mean, gosh, maybe Florida. Yeah, maybe Florida State, maybe UCLA. But Oklahoma right. State, and anytime you have Kelly Maxwell, that's going to be problematic. Um, Texas is getting better, but I mean Alabama's not there. They're not. They're not close right. to Oklahoma right now. So yeah, I I don't know. I well, don't even know who you'd say is number two, but they're really really good. Well, I know their schedule is going to be tougher this year. You know what I've heard is, is they're going to have a tougher non-conference schedule. Um, you know, and who they're going to play, you know, in, January, in February and March and all that. But I just, I, when, I, when I heard this, I was kind of like, well, I want to see this team that's on the, I, I want to see this this team that's on the same level with OU. <laughs> you know, I want to see them. I, I want to watch them too because I don't know, do they, ha- do they have all these All-Americans and all these, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I want to see it, you know. So, anyway. It's impressive, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Drew. Yeah. Appreciate we'll it. We'll see you, man. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is it okay in my mind in my mind from what I've seen in the three games I've watched and you know I I haven't really bugged too much about this but I would think there's two positions that are essentially up for grabs maybe a third their infield seems set to me I think their infield is set I think Kenzie Hansen's their catcher I think Sidney Sanders, their first baseman, T.R. Jennings at second, uh, Grace Lyons at short, and Alyssa Brito at third. Her and Alina Torres have had a big battle. I think Brito's got the edge right now. I think Jada starting at center. I think Riley Boone's the leader in the clubhouse right now in right field. I think there's a pretty good battle to see who plays in left. I think that battle includes Alina Torres um, and maybe – you know, Grace Green hit a home run last night. That was good to see. Jocelyn Erickson played out in left field a little bit. Um, but there was, a, I mean, even, I don't think Quincy Lilio's an outfielder. Some uh, Hannah Cormay, but she's a little dinged up right now. I just, I, I think that's your two battles. Left, maybe right, and DP. And honestly, Josh, when Jordy Ball pitches, she's going to hit. And maybe Jordy Ball's your left fielder too. So, yeah, I, it's fascinating to think that the two-time defending national champs might be even deeper in 2023 uh, than they have been in, in a long time. Yeah, return just about everyone. It's absurd. It's crazy. It's absurd. I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing rumors of quite a spicy non-conference slate. Maybe a little LSU in there. Maybe a little Florida State, which would be interesting because of all the crying that their coaching staff has done this offseason. It'll be fascinating to see kind of what this schedule looks like. I'm excited about it. You should be, too. One more Battle Series game coming up next Wednesday. Weather looks pretty good. It was cold last night, 6 o'clock, Rita Hines Field. Seats available. It's fun. Uh, it's different. There's things going on for the kids and the fans. So get on out, Soonersports.com slash tickets. All right, quick break. When we come back, I've got I've got something for you to think about during the bye week. All right, and you know me. I'm big on lists. I'm big on, like, first letters matching things. But think by and by. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. All right, it's a plank show on a 
Thursday, we're at Cavens Construction, CavensGroup.com. Um, let's see. Plank Alliance Softball is playing in Plano this weekend. My daughter is going to show out. Are you going to be there? No! I would love to from the 512, but I will be in New York this weekend. From the 512, from the 580 again, a game you should have lost is not the best way to gauge the elite. Georgia should have lost to Mizzou. Ohio State looks terrible against Notre Dame. Every playoff team every year wins a game they should have lost, but I agree, TCU not there yet. So you you didn't complain at all about Oklahoma last year? Just checking. Um, the 918. The Big 12 has always had great quarterback play. If you're in the Big 12 and don't have a decent quarterback, it's hard to win. That's every league, but especially the Big 12, I feel like it's true. And, and I would say this. I, I think Josh, those are Air Comfort Solutions text, by the way, at 405-651-3439. I would say this year maybe more so than, I don't want to say last year because I felt like the quarterback play was pretty good in the league last year, but I feel like the quarterback play is much better than it's been the last few years. Maybe that's a bit unfair, but – you know, Caleb Williams is showing out now at USC, but he was just a true freshman, and Spencer Rattler wasn't what we thought he was going to be. You know, Gary Bohannon was kind of meh at at Texas Tech, right? It, listen, I love Casey Thompson to death, but Quinn Ewers appears to be an upgrade at Texas. JT Daniels is a significant upgrade over anything West Virginia has had, right? Um, Spencer Sanders in his 86th year of eligibility. What Adrian Martinez has been for Kansas State, even though he's not throwing the ball, is infinitely better than anything they've had. Jalen Daniels was elite. and Listen, Max Duggan has been in this league, but it's amazing what maybe a, a fresh set of eyes has done for him with Garrett Riley. So I think, I think that is an excellent point off the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Josh, we're seeing, you know, dare I say, the return to elite quarterback play in this league. Yeah. Uh, You know, and it's probably no coincidence that the team that has the worst quarterback play is the one team that is at the very bottom, right, in Hunter Decker. (laughs) That's that's the one team that you would look at and say, yeah, you know, it's just okay at Iowa State. And lo and behold, they're the one team that doesn't have a Big 12 victory. But, no, I – totally agree with that sentiment and you know the one thing you're seeing too is a bunch of guys that are at the quarterback position you know Quinn yours because it's his first year starting uh Jalen Daniels again you know first year really starting but a bunch of quarterbacks that are playing their best football right Spencer Sanders right. it's the best consistent football we've seen him play Adrian Martinez I don't even need to elaborate on that one easily the best football that uh he has played and up and down Max Duggan you feel like it's the best that he has played Dylan Gabriel uh you know maybe maybe it's not the best that he has played but it's the highest level that he's played and I think that Dylan Gabriel is playing well for Oklahoma by and large yeah me too I really do um but I'll tell you this I'll tell you this man it looks like I don't want to get too dramatic but it looks like it's going to continue to get better too I mean some of the guys that are coming into this league transfer portal successes at Kansas State and what 
you know, you've seen you know, Iowa State, like you said, is the one place where it's been a drop. Brock Purdy is in the NFL on a roster now. Meanwhile, Hunter Deckers is Hunter Deckers. That's good quarterback play. All right, Bill, you get the last word this segment. What's going on, Bill? How are you? It's fine. I encourage all true Oklahoma fans to pull for the Aggies from Stillwater. As much as that pains me to say, stick it to the horns. So you, okay, Bill, this is an interesting case study. You'd rather see Oklahoma State continue on a path with a loss towards a potential spot in the Big 12 championship game than watch them go down at the hands of the burnt orange Texas Longhorns this weekend. That is right. I just cannot find myself pulling for Texas. Okay. I understand. Well, you don't have to, you know, you can just watch the game. You don't necessarily have to root for anyone, Bill. You can always have that mindset. But are you like me where you feel like you need to have a rooting interest in every game? I have to have a rooting interest on it. Not if Oklahoma was Completely anywhere understand. close to being in it, I would be against both of them, which is impossible. <laughs> Not impossible, but it would be hard to do. But since Oklahoma's out about- of it, I'd have to pull for Oklahoma State. Who is more annoying? Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the phone call. Who's more annoying in the eyes of an Oklahoma fan? Texas fan when they're good or Oklahoma State fan when they're good? Oh, man. I don't know. That's a tough one. Probably, I guess, Texas. But... uh... I, it's, I don't think you're going to win I, this I argument of who who should you root for there. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, no, not at all. Here's here's something that I was thinking about. I'm um, I know I'm getting soft. I, I and not just because I'm fat, but I know I'm getting soft in my old age. I was thinking about this, and a couple of the texters kind of shook me on. Was it last Tuesday or Tuesday? Whenever the Raiders lost in Monday Night Football how I wasn't too upset, and I was thinking about it a lot, you know, driving home from the show after the, the Tuesday show, and I realized I'm a Raiders fan, man. I'm a ridiculous, over-the-top Raiders fan. But when they lose to Kansas City, you know, it's not, oh, Kansas City fan gets to talk crap to me. It's, dude, Creed Humphrey got to win. James Winchester, the pride of the Washington Warriors, got to win. Orlando Brown got to win. It's dudes I know and I love, and I think that's making me soft, Josh, because I think about Oklahoma State and Texas, and there's infinite more people that I'm happy for if Oklahoma State wins a game right. than I am for Texas, right? Maybe maybe I'm getting soft and that I'm happy for my OSU friends and friends of mine who work there, right, people that have been good to me, and it's like, well, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. Now, I, do I want to see them win over Oklahoma? No. Uh, never, but I do, I do feel a little bit better about things whenever it's like, oh, well, looky here. They're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're at least, you know, old Johnny over there that works in X department got to win. So I feel good for them. It really speaks to what? our respective characters because I just want everyone to feel miserable, <laughs> equally miserable. <laughs> uh, oh, this is, uh, you've sparked something. You've sparked something, Bill. 
on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to it next. It's the Plank Show. Joey Helmer around the corner from Cavens on a Thursday. We need to have a Ref Royal Rumble conversation. i got to get my picks in. I saw the number for the Ohio State-Iowa game is up to 30, so I think just – Still looking like can, an easy win, though. A, you think so? <laughs> Clemson's looking pretty interesting. I have Oklahoma State down as my lock right now, plus – I think he's up to six and a half. How about a couple of oh, we'll fellas uh, here at the station taking LSU to knock off Ole Miss? That's that's interesting. I like LSU, but I kind of like Ole Miss too. That Texas-Oklahoma State number, dude, something is just fishy there, right? I mean, something doesn't make something doesn't make any sense. I'm making that my lock. I think Vegas is all in on Oklahoma State not having Spencer Sanders, and I think he's going to play. I don't think we know what the injury is either. Now, Robert Allen knows. Mike Gundy knows, but they're not telling us. He kind of let it slip that it was a shoulder on Saturday, but, you know, are we talking throwing shoulder or non-throwing shoulder? Makes it spicy. Makes it spicy. Speaking of OSU, um, Bill said he'd be rooting for Oklahoma State this weekend. Uh, a few are on board with him from the 405. I hate both teams, but I'll pull for OSU this year. Maybe it'll help with Vasek if Texas starts a downward spiral again. That's a good point. Kendall, that's a good point. Only other teams in Oklahoma I'll genuinely cheer for are Tulsa and Northeastern State. Go Riverhawks. <laughs> Sean, Sean, I guarantee no fan of Payne Tech was hoping OU won and how you felt. And one more here for the 918. Would like to see OSU win, then beat them and break their heart in Bedlam. I see what you're saying. Let OSU win, and then when it comes to Bedlam, you crush them. All right, quick break. Joey Helmer is next right here on The Ref.